Thank you for listening to our midweek service from Christian Ministry Church. We're praying that this message blesses, encourages, and equips you to build the kingdom of God. And now a message from Pastor Paul Kern. Well, we are in a series right now on the laws of the kingdom. The laws of the kingdom. We started with the law of reciprocity. Our lead pastor, Tim Brooks, covered that. Then we had the law of use by Chloe. And then last Wednesday, Josh uh, Barnett covered the law of perseverance. In this session, we're going to be looking at the law of responsibility. The law of responsibility. Now, these are kingdom dominion laws. These are what rule God's kingdom, and they are what are meant to rule our lives as kingdom citizens. And and just like natural laws apply to all people of every age, it doesn't really matter what age you are or where you live, natural law, gravity works all over the world. It's a law that applies to all people all times. Well, kingdom laws are the same way. These spiritual laws are the same way. They work for anybody that embraces them. You don't have to be a Christian for kingdom laws to work in your life. The law of perseverance, the universe will yield to perseverance. Whether you're a Christian or not, if you just keep at something long enough, it will yield to you. That's the law of perseverance. We're going to be looking at the law of responsibility. And, um, you know, because God is holy and he is righteous, and he is morally perfect, um, he, he didn't create his kingdom laws so that people could exploit them, okay? And that's very important, because God is holy, he is, he is good, he is righteous, so his laws that he created, he created them so that they couldn't be exploited for selfish purposes, all right, because that's what man will naturally want to do. You know, hey, I want to exploit this for my own purpose. And, and God doesn't bless people for, you know, let me just give you an example. God doesn't bless somebody with intellect and wisdom to gain popular acclaim. That's not the motive behind why God would bless you with wisdom or intellect so that you could be this person who gets popular acclaim, or God doesn't bless a person with power and influence so that they could manipulate and control other people. That's, that's not the heart of God's kingdom. So Jesus made it very clear that with blessings come responsibility. And that's why the law of responsibility is so important because it helps keep these other laws in check because they all got to flow together and they all got to work together. So, so let's just look at a scripture, for example. Go to Luke chapter 12. We're going to look at this together. Luke 12 and uh, verse 47 is where we're going to be looking. Luke 12, 47 and 48. So here's Jesus talking. He says, The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be what? Demanded or expected. 
And from the one who has been entrusted with much, more will be asked. Now, this is the law of responsibility in action. Right here, you're seeing it. Now, this is a tough scripture to read. I mean, Jesus reveals that that those who are blessed with ability or possession or money or influence or authority or fame, people that are blessed in those areas, that that favor carries with it responsibility. And, And failure to operate in responsibility in those areas of failure, Jesus said, will result in punishment. That's the way it's going to work. You'll be punished if you don't operate in responsibility. So whatever level of opportunity we have been blessed with, both God and people expect a certain standard of responsibility to be met. And we'll, we'll look at this. We'll look at a couple of examples. There's a certain standard of performance that is expected of people or businesses or corporations when they have been blessed with much. Okay? So you can write this down. Those of you that are taking notes, write this down. Favor carries with it responsibility. Favor carries with it responsibility. And as favor increases, responsibility increases right along beside it. They go hand in hand. The more favor, the more responsibility. The more blessing, the more responsibility. So when, when you, young adult, you young adult, when you are praying for favor, What you are praying for is, God, give me the ability to handle more responsibility. That's what you're praying. (laughs) I don't know if you know if you knew that or not, but that's the way it works, right? Because, once again, God is moral. God is righteous. God is holy. God loves us, so he's not going to put us in a position where he blesses us with something that we're not going to walk in responsibility over. That's just the way God operates. So let me, let me give you an example. If I'm the steward of $1,000 for someone, let's say somebody gives me $1,000 and they want me to be a steward over that $1,000, well, they would be right to expect probably about a $100 return on that $1,000 that they gave me, that, you know, 10%. They would, they would expect that much, okay, with that $1,000. But if I'm the chairman of the $50 billion General Motors company and I report a profit of $100 to the stockholders, I'm about to get canned, right? That would be embarrassing. I mean, that would be, I would be forced to resign in disgrace if I owned a $50 billion company and all I did was make a profit of $100 for the stockholders, right? I would have failed to meet the level of responsibility that came with that blessing. Do y'all see that? So they go hand in hand. All right, we all remember the first Spider-Man movie, right? See, y'all are already know where I'm going. First Spider-Man movie, Peter Parker, his grandfather, said to him, Peter, with great power comes what? Help me. Great responsibility. 
great responsibility. See, when God blesses us, when God promotes us, when God advances us, when God gives us more, right along with that, there is an expectation or a standard of performance that is expected of us in the area of responsibility over the things that we've been given favor, promotion, or blessings in. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. We always think we are less favored, therefore accepting less responsibility. That's just a natural human tendency. Why do we think we're less favored? Well, we do what the Bible says not to do. We compare ourselves one with another. And so we look at somebody, you know, we have a certain level of income. Well, we look at someone else who has a greater level of income, and we say to ourselves, wow, aren't they blessed? Man, aren't they lucky? Aren't they blessed? They have all of that. They have been blessed with that. And so we tend to think, well, I don't have that amount, so I'm not walking in that level of responsibility like they are. You know, when we start thinking of, of blessings, you know, we'll... You, you know, we'll Look at Bill Gates or someone like that, someone who has, you know, just, you know, an unreal amount of money. But what we don't look at is the huge amount of responsibility that rests upon his shoulders. He has so many people that are employed by him. All of these people are looking to him for a paycheck. They're counting on him and those that he has hired under him to make sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, that they were being responsible so that when Friday comes around, they're going to get paid, right? So there's this burden that comes upon you when you are walking in favor, walking in blessings, and the burden is responsibility. The burden is obligation to be responsible. Now, like I said... We Americans, we, we are the richest nation of people in the world. There's, I mean, it's, now you, once again, we, we always don't think we're the one. You know, if, if I say, you know, those rich people, you don't think of yourself, but you are, those rich people, everybody in this room, you, you fall into the category of being rich when you compare yourself to all the other nations of the world and what they have, all the other nations of the world. And, and you know, we'll, we'll say, okay, America is a great nation, and it is. It's the greatest nation in the world. It's an awesome nation. Well, America isn't necessarily a great nation because we have so much stuff. America is a great nation because, and, and, and we're not perfect, okay? So don't, I'm not saying that we're perfect. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we're a great nation. We're a great nation because of God, but, but we're a great nation because one of the things that America did is they implemented the law of responsibility with that blessing and so, you know, when you start looking at nations all over the world, when catas 
you know, catastrophic things happen to those nations, who's the first nation to be there helping? The United States of America, because we recognize the law of responsibility. And with great power and great wealth comes great responsibility. So we are the ones that have been given much, and because we have been given much, that level of responsibility rises right there with us. Now, let, let, let's kind of look at putting this into practice, just everyday life. It is wrong for us to ask God for something and then not accept the responsibility that comes with it, okay? So just know when you're praying, and God wants us to pray, and God wants us to ask him for things. I mean, that's God's heart. He says, you have not because you what? Yes, not. And so God wants us to ask. But it's wrong to ask God for something and then not accept the responsibility that comes along with it. And this is probably one of the biggest issues and the biggest problems that most American people have with Capitol Hill, a.k.a. Congress. They have all this power, but they're, they're not meeting the responsibility that comes with that. And we all get frustrated with that. Everybody gets frustrated when they see someone operating at a certain level and their level of responsibility doesn't match it. It's frustrating, whether you be a boss or whether you be an employee or whatever. So let's say that, for example, let's say that you desire um, a high office or you desire a promotion or you desire to be a leader in some area. So I, you know, just speaking of an area that I'm involved in would be church leadership, okay? And, you know, I came in years and years ago um, as the maintenance guy here at Christian Ministries some 30 years ago, coming in as the maintenance guy and now one of the pastors on staff. Well, you know, to guide my ambition, and we all have ambition, or you should have ambition, to guide our ambition we have to go to the Word and let the Word guide and direct and influence our ambition. So if you go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul has given Timothy instruction on church leadership and what that looks like. And I've read this many, many times, and I'm just going to share this with you, the audience, so that you will have an idea of what guides... Um, our ambitions here as leaders at Christian Ministries Church. So 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, this is a trustworthy saying, if someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's household? A church leader must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would cause him to fall. So if you're a new believer, you're exempt because there's always a time of testing. See, testing purges out wrong motivations, purifies ambitions. That's the whole point of testing. And testing, has to, it takes time. That's the, only, that's the only way that it can work. 
That's why I started out as the maintenance man. See, Tim was wise. He didn't put me in a position of leadership as a young believer. That would have been a very terrible thing for him to do to me. To me. That wouldn't have helped me. That would have hurt me. Even though I was probably frustrated with him at times that he didn't put me in that position, but that was because I didn't understand. See, my, my life had not been trained by the Word yet. I hadn't read this enough yet for it to sink in. Does that make sense? Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. And the great apostle Paul said this, I am under obligation, both to Greeks and barbarians, both to wise and to foolish. So see, the apostle Paul saw, you know, this encounter that Paul had with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And then all of the, the incredible revelation that you know, God gave Paul the angels longed to see for countless years and didn't see it. It was hidden from them, and then he revealed it to Paul. Because of this, God placed upon Paul a great level of responsibility. And Paul even says here, I am under obligation. See, with that revelation comes obligation or responsibility. So all blessings carry responsibility. All blessings, all of them. So let's say that you're a young adult and you want a vehicle. Responsibility, responsibility. You want a wife, responsibility. You want a husband, responsibility. You want a family, responsibility. You want more money, responsibility. You want a higher position at work, responsibility. You want people to love and respect you more. Responsibility. Are y'all seeing a theme here? That's the theme. Now, here is the big problem that we encounter as we are kind of climbing the ladder of blessing or we're desiring more in different areas of our life. Here's the big problem that we encounter. As people's success and prosperity grows their sense of responsibility oftentimes doesn't match that growth. Because lots of, lots of times we don't necessarily see ourselves where we are because there's reality and there's perception. And we don't necessarily see ourselves where we really, really are. And once again, you know, we, we see that with big government or we see that with big business. We see that with people who have been blessed with more. You know, for example, Gen, Gen Z, you know, this main generation, this youngest generation, well, there's Gen Y, but they're, they're a little bit younger, you know. I'm, I'm Gen Z's, the, you know, the 18, 20, 25. So the, one of the things that I really love about Gen Z is they're really passionate, and they, they love getting behind a cause, and they love, you know, Standing for what is, is right. Those are all good things, really good things. And, and, you know, they'll hold Amazon accountable or they'll hold big business accountable or they'll hold Congress accountable. And we should. We should. But, but at the same time, you have to understand that that law of responsibility doesn't just apply to big businesses. It applies to you in your life just as much it applies to everybody else. So we get upset with businesses that don't practice responsibility. We need to get upset with ourselves. Well, we don't practice 
responsibility in our own life. Rank and responsibility has been around forever. I mean, the dawn of time, rank and responsibility. We see it in the military. We see it in every culture, in every society. There's always rank and there's always responsibility. And the higher the rank, the higher the responsibility. That's the way it works. People all over the world from different cultures have known instinctively that as, accomplished, as, as accomplishment and position rise, so does responsibility and the burden of responsibility rises. Okay, now let me give you an example. So Tim is the lead pastor here. He has a lot of responsibility on his shoulders, a lot. We all tithe here our money. So, you know, one of the big things that he has the responsibility is the handling of the finances of people who pay their tithe in this church. So because he understands with that position comes great responsibility, he has placed safeguards all around him and our ministry to make sure that the level of responsibility that is demanded for that position is being met so that he and we can be blessed. Can I have an amen? And I'm grateful that we have a pastor that does that. I appreciate our pastor doing that. I love the fact that, you know, our matriarch, Katie Lou Brooks, who started the ministry and we had our 50-year celebration, she's able to stand up here and say, all that we have is paid for. All the, that, that's a ministry of integrity. That's a ministry of integrity to be able to say, all that we have is paid for. Well, with great blessing comes great, help me, responsibility. With, with each achievement, society raises the notch of expectation of responsibility. That's just what we do. You know, if you look at the president, he's the highest ranking position in our country. Well, with that position comes a lot of responsibility, or should, and they should be accountable to that responsibility because that is a very high position. All right, let's look at another scripture. Go to Luke chapter 16. And I'm just going to give you another example. And it's just Jesus giving us some parables. Luke 16, verse 1. And he also said to his disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager. And charges were brought to him. This man was wasting his possessions. And he called to him and he said, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be my manager. And the manager's aide said to him, this manager said to himself, what shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm too ashamed to beg. I've decided what I will do. So when I'm removed from the management position, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill, sit down, write quickly 50. He said to another, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill, write down 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth, so that it, when it fails, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. Now look at verse 10. 
One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful with unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, what made America great was not our material wealth, it was our understanding of responsibility toward that wealth and toward other nations. And what makes an individual great is that they have a very clear picture and understanding of their personal responsibilities. That's what makes a person great. I respect him. I look up to him. He is my spiritual father. He has been that for me for many, many years. And I do that because he walks in the law of responsibility. Now, he didn't get it right every time. None of us get it right every time because we're human beings, right? But, but that's our desire, and that's what we um, are pursuing. Something you hear, you, you know, you'll hear much. If you attend this church, you'll hear it for sure. If you attend here for very long, our emphasis is always on being a doer of the word. You, you've heard that many times. We're about being doers of the word. If you go to our website, it says Christian Ministries Church, doers of the word. If you go to our YouTube channel on the banner, it says doers of the word. As a matter of fact, when um, we started the internship many, many years ago, it was called, and it is called, Applied Life Leaders Academy. Applied Life, a practical application of God's word in your everyday life, doers of the word, doers of the word. We teach our interns to apply the word in every area of their lives. Why? Why do we teach them that? Here's why. Because with the revelation of Jesus being our Lord and our Savior, okay, and he is, if we've accepted Jesus into our hearts, he is our Lord and our Savior. And with that revelation and with that new position and power comes responsibility. See, that's why Paul says, I am under obligation to all people. All people. I'm under obligation to all people. And that's why God deplores people who hear the word and don't do it. See, that's... That, that's what Jesus talked a lot about. He said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, right? Anybody can say that. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Well, with that position comes responsibility. There is a, there's a cause and effect, okay? Salvation is free. Being a disciple costs you everything. So there's cause and effect here. So, so let's look at an example. In Isaiah 58, um, the people of Israel, they were really confused on what made God happy. Now, God set up a sacrificial system, and 
you know, he required his people to make sacrifices unto him through uh, animals. It could be turtle doves, or it could be a young heifer. It could be a lamb. You know, there were sacrifices that were made. And so in Isaiah 58, verse 2 and 3, it says, For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commandments of God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have they fasted, they say, and have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Okay, so he's, he's painting a picture here. Here's what they think they're doing. Here's what they're expecting to happen, and it's not happening. And God wants his people to understand that a revelation of him carries with it responsibility. There's a responsibility that comes with this revelation. So in Isaiah 58, verse 6, it says, God's kind of correcting them. This is the kind of fast that you're doing, but, but I want you to recognize the kind of fast that I'm about. Here's the fasting that I'm about. To loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. See, that was what God was looking for. That, that responsibility that comes with that freedom and that power and that position that we have in Jesus when we're born again. So as you fulfill your responsibility at the level at which God has raised you, he will then raise you even higher. So once again, let me give you an example. Let's say if you're a young adult in the room and um, you know, you're thinking, man, it'd be great one day to you know, have a nice new car. And it would, I mean, new car smell. What are you talking about? It's nice stuff. But are you being responsible with the car that you have? Now, you may say, well, I don't have a car. Are you being responsible with whoever's car that you're using or riding in? You know, if, if you have Chick-fil-A wrappers coming all the way up from your floorboard to the top of your seat, then there's really no point in you praying for God to bless you with a nice car because you're not being faithful with the one that you have. Now, let's go back to the parable, the law of responsibility. If you are faithful with a little thing, you'll be faithful with much. But if you're unrighteous with a little thing, then you'll be unrighteous with a big thing. So, see, it's so important that we're responsible with everything that we have. You know, I tell the interns, uh, you know, you, I said, you guys one day are going to want a nice apartment, you know, and there's expectation in reality, okay? <laughs> there's expectation in reality. There are two different things. So the expectation is, is I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a nice new apartment. It's going to be furnished with brand new furniture and it's going to be awesome. That's expectation. Reality, not so much, okay? But one of the things I do tell our interns is I say, okay, you, you've been given a little dorm room. It's, there's not much, but if you will be faithful in the little, then one day God can bless you with a nice big house. But you're going to have to be responsible with the little that you have. See, the problem is, when it comes to the law of responsibility, 
People despise small beginnings. We despise them. You know, and I always, we talked about this story uh, at our 50th, and I'm, I'm bragging on Tim some more. I'm working on a raise. Y'all, if y'all don't know that, I'm, 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 I'm getting, I'm coating this guy with butter really good tonight. I'm just, but I remember when I first started coming here, and, um, you know, we didn't have this campus. We, the internship was on the family farm, okay? Tim built dorms out in the middle of a cow pasture. He was 35 years old, and he built dorms, and they weren't really, they were particle board, and they weren't all that nice. They didn't have any air conditioning, and we had an electric floor heater. You know, that's all we had. You guys got it made, you know. The internet wasn't even created yet. And, um, and the classroom buildings that we had were old, wore-out buildings that somebody said, hey, if you haul this off my property, you, can, you could have the dumb thing, you know, because it was about half-eaten with termites. And I'm not making this up. This is the truth, okay? This is the truth. But the, but the thing that I appreciated about Tim is he didn't have to have the best to start doing what God called him to do. He was willing to take whatever it was that he had and be faithful with what he had. Uh-oh. And be faithful with what he had. And then God blessed that. And God grew that. Look at this. God grew that. Because with each level of promotion, you rise in the level of responsibility. God can continue to bless you more and more and more. And so as I close tonight, whatever level that you're at, and everybody's at a different level, economically, spiritually, whatever it may be, in health, whatever. Two things. One, don't compare yourself to other people and allow envy and coveting and jealousy and pity parties to run your life. Look at other people that are being blessed Look at other people who have risen in their level of responsibility and let that motivate you and inspire you to be like that. Because guess what? God's no respecter of person. God wants to bless you just as much as he wants to bless anybody. But the law of responsibility is going to come into play. Now, the law of reciprocity, the law of use, the law of perseverance, all important laws, we want to apply all these laws, but you have to know that the law of responsibility is going to govern those laws. So we have to be responsible with what we've been given. You're responsible with the health that you have. You're responsible with the car that you have, the mate that you have, the kids that you have, the church that you have, the position at work that you have. You're responsible with all these areas, and as you are, guess what God will do? God will rise you up higher and higher and higher and higher. And the reason that he does that is because you can be a greater blessing, 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 blessing. Amen? Did y'all get something out of this? Good. Stand with me tonight. Let's just close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your hand on our life. Lord, give us wisdom. May these laws, God, govern how we live and how we respond and how we react to all that life brings our way. Lord, may we be blessed. May our church be blessed so that we can be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. 
If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.